printing. I got a lot of stuff to give you before we get to the outline anyway. So uh, you should have a pen and a piece of paper and a Bible in your hand. That's what I told you to have last Sunday. So you should have that anyway. Say amen. amen. All right. Revelation chapter number four. Revelation chapter number four, verse number one. We're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit of stuff that we, we, we didn't have time to cover last week on the rapture. We're going we're gonna to cover that today. So while we're doing that, that'll give them time to print that off. I apologize. I forgot all about That's the first thing I do is print out the outlines, and I forgot. Uh, so uh, that's my first mistake for 2019. Amen? I know it won't be my last, so get used to it. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Raise your hand if you don't have an outline. They're, they're still passing them out. They're still passing them out. I think we got, we got most of these done over here. I think we got a couple. Keep on passing, keep on passing. We'll make sure you get one. I tell you what, here's what, here's a deal I'll make with you. Here's a deal I'll make with you. If you don't get one, if you don't get one by the time we start, I'll give you a, one with all the answers in a colored version after the service. How about that? Will that work? Don't go stuffing them in your pocket. Come on, I saw that. All right. Church, say amen. All right, Revelation chapter 4. In verse number 1, Revelation 4, verse 1. After this, after what? After the church age, after chapters 2 and 3, the seven letters to the seven churches which represented, God gave us a prophetic foreview of the church age. From the time the church was started at Pentecost all the way to the last day, the last day before the rapture, before Christ comes and takes his church home, his bride home, uh, uh, this is portrayed and foretold in chapters 2 and 3. So he's saying, after the church age, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now that tells us out of chapter number 1, the third section of Revelation begins here in chapter 4. And I, I'm going to keep reading. They can just keep passing out. Just keep having your hands up. Just keep, if you don't have an outline, just wave and they'll make sure you get it. And I'm going to keep reading. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. How many are glad God's still on the throne? And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. <clears throat> and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, the perfect Holy Spirit. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, say it with me, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Thank you for a full house. Thank you for people that are hungry for your word. Lord, they're here to grow. They're here to learn. Lord, we're here to be edified. And I pray that you will not let anyone leave disappointed. I pray that we can grow in your word. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans. Turn with me to the book of Romans. <clears throat> and while you're turning, I want to I kind of give you some, some tips or pointers that will help you understand the book of Revelation. There's some things you've got to keep in context. There's some things you've got to keep in your mind. And you've got you to gotta know going into this thing. The tribulation period that is revealed and shown in the book of Revelation is not for the church. It is for the nation of Israel. It is called Jacob's sorrow. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. All right? Are y'all with me? Say amen. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It is a time where God is going to restore the nation of Israel and he's going to put them back in, in the original plan that he had started with. Now, here's the deal. This is God has always dealt throughout the Old Testament going into the New. He's always dealt with the nation of Israel. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now, uh, he had a plan. He had a plan for the nation of Israel. That plan was revealed to King David. He said, from your loins, from your time, there will not uh, a king depart from your family tree, basically. And he was in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is of uh, the, the line of David. And, and he would be on a throne forever and ever. Now, uh, uh, so he planned a kingdom for the nation of Israel. So this was God's plan. He said, I'm going to send a king and establish a kingdom. All right, say that with me. He's going to send a and establish a, a kingdom. Well, he did send the king. But he didn't send the king in the way that they were looking for it. He didn't come with pomp and circumstance. He didn't come with a lot of fluff. He didn't come, uh, uh, listen, with a lot of fanfare. He came humbly. He came in a manger. God had a plan. Are y'all with me? This king, his name was Jesus. He came unto his own, and his own, not only did they not accept him as a king, they killed him. They murdered the king. Now we know, I mean, we, we just come out of John, so we all know that was part of God's plan, and God was always in control. Amen. But that was the plan. He offered himself as a king. He sent a forerunner. He sent a messenger to go before him and prepare the way. His name was John Baptist. John Baptist came out in the wilderness preaching. Listen, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, the kingdom of God is at hand. Are you him? Oh, no, I'm not him. I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. But there's one coming after me. I'm baptizing with water. But there's one coming after me that's going to baptize with fire in the Holy Ghost. I'm the voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then the king came. And the king was rejected. Now... Because they rejected him. And I believe, I believe, this is my personal belief, 
Anytime I tell you my opinion, I'm telling you my opinion. Okay? I, I, I personally believe that the last final rejection was that Stephen stoning. Because after Stephen stoning, you see the gospel turn to the Gentiles. Are y'all with me? Now, what is the deal with that? Does that mean God is through with Israel? Israel's no more. The church has taken the place of Israel. Now, that's what a lot of people believe. And that's what a lot of people are teaching. Let me tell you what I think of that. And this is why. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. God is not through with his people. Are y'all with me? Now, let me show you where. Let me show you where. Romans 11. Actually, let's go to Romans 10, verse 19. And we're going to get back to Revelation. I just got to set the table before y'all, a bunch of hogs go to eating. Amen? <clears throat> All right. Romans, or Romans chapter 10 and verse number 19. Now, Paul is addressing Gentiles, okay? He's addressing Gentiles, and he's basically, this is the, this is the gist of this, these, what we're fixing to read. He's, he's letting them know, listen, you're privileged. You're privileged because God set aside Israel so you could get in. If God hadn't set aside Israel, you wouldn't have been able to get in. So you better watch your stuff because just like God set Israel aside, he could set you aside too. Now, now, primarily the church is Gentile. Now, this is how it happened. This is how it happened. All right? Let's look in Romans 10, 19. When you get there, say amen. amen. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. In other words, God said, I'm going to use the Gentiles to provoke the nation of Israel to jealousy. Instead, in other words, I'm going to be dealing with them and not the nation of Israel. Now watch. But it, Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. In other words, the Gentiles. We found him. Because they rejected him. We wasn't originally looking for him. And by the way, the nation of Israel is still looking for him. They were, they were looking for him when he came. But he didn't come like they thought he would look like. So they rejected him. So they're still looking for him. That's what this is saying. But guess what? He was found by those, us, who wasn't looking for him. Are y'all with me? Now why wasn't the Gentiles looking for him? Because we didn't know about him. You see, salvation is of the Jews. We got our scriptures from the Jews. We got our salvation from the Jews. We got our Savior from the Jews. Are y'all with me? This is it. Amen. Amen. I don't want to go too deep in that, but just stay with me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long, all day long I stretch forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Do y'all remember the verses that talked about Jesus saying, how oft would I have gathered you under my wings? Y'all with me? And he wept over Jerusalem. He wept over Jerusalem. I say, verse 1, chapter 11, verse 1, hath God cast away his people? What's the next two words? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, 
Lord, they have killed thy prophets, dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee or to the image of Baal. Even so, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now look in verse number 11. Look in verse number 11. He says, I say then, now remember he's talking to Gentiles. Does everybody remember that? Say amen. He's addressing Gentiles. I say then, have they, the Jews, stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to who? The Gentiles. For to provoke unto them to jealousy. For if they fall of them be the if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. In other words, he's talking about when they come back in and God restores them. If that makes sense, say amen. Now look in verse number, uh, verse number, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let me just keep reading from there. For I speak to the Gentiles insomuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. All right. Now, now uh, uh, verse 13, or excuse me, 14. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh. That's talking about the Jews. Now remember Paul was a Jew. And might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now here's when we're going to talk about the tree and grafted in. And I mentioned this last week. And if some of the branches be broken off, that's the Jews, broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, that's the Gentiles, were grafted in. In other words, we were brought into Judeo, that's why it's called Judeo-Christianity. We were brought into the tree. Y'all with me? Now watch. It says, if we were wild, we were brought in and we partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. That's talking about the Jewish heritage and the Jewish promises. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. In other words, they didn't come from us. We came from them. In other words, we didn't get our salvation from Gentiles. We got our salvation from the Jews. It says, thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because, And I'm going to summarize this, so don't, don't wig out on me, okay? Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide, uh, not still in unbelief. You say, how do you get cut off? By unbelief. By unbelief. This doesn't mean that if you're saved and you don't act right, God's going to cut. That's not what that's saying. The only way to be cut off from God is through unbelief. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. All right. Verse 23. And if they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off the olive tree, if thou wert cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? In other words, God restore them to their rightful place. For I would not, brethren, now watch this, watch this. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this. 
You see, this was only revealed to Paul. This was only revealed to Paul. The people, the, even the Old Testament prophets didn't understand this. They didn't know this was God's plan all along. It was revealed to Paul in a, in a mystery. Y'all having fun yet? Lest, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness, now watch now, that blindness in part is happened to until the fullness of the become in. That's the church. That's the church. And so all Israel shall be saved. That is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Woohoo! Say amen. Now, here's the summary of that. God made a covenant a long time ago with Israel. And God keeps his covenants. Now, because of their sin, because of their unbelief, and because of their rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were set aside. They were not cast away. They were set aside. They were cut off from the original branch. That's the, that's the vision, you know, the, the typology Paul is using. And he said, you were grafted in. You who? The Gentiles. We were put in. Now God is dealing primarily through the church. God is saving souls through the church. God is spreading his gospel through the church. The church is his mode of operation right now till the till when till the fullness of the Gentiles. Till that last Gentile gets saved and God's going to call us home. Say amen. And then and then. Now watch, watch. See this this will help you so much understand revelation. And, and the truth of the rapture. All right? God's, God's working through the, through the Jewish nation. He brings the scriptures to us through the Jewish nation. He brings salvation to us through the Jewish nation. He brings the Savior to us through the Jewish nation. Jesus. Abraham. The seed of Abraham. He said the whole world's going to be blessed because of you. And he was in reference to Jesus. Right? His plan was to send a king and establish a kingdom repent ye john baptist repent ye for the what is at hand kingdom Kingdom of god is at hand all right so matthew the book of matthew it's it's really bad because a lot of people have taken stuff in in the gospels that was for the kingdom and tried to apply it to the church and they wonder why they get confused about some stuff all right when the Jews asked Jesus in Matthew 24, when's going to be the end of the world and, the, and, the, and when you're coming? All right? That's at the end of Revelation in Revelation 19. So, so all of those things you see in Matthew chapter number 24 and also 25, he's talking about and he's speaking to Jews about the kingdom that he's going to establish in Revelation 19. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. His plan, God's plan, send a king and establish a kingdom. So Jesus comes as the king and offers the nation of Israel a what did he tell what did, what did the disciples tell him in Acts chapter number one? Will you at this time restore your kingdom? See, they're not looking for a church. They don't even know what the church is. 
They have no idea. Jesus mentioned the church, but they still didn't know what it was. It, they didn't know what it was till Paul. All right? Now, they're still asking for a kingdom. Well, you keep on going, you keep on going, and then you see Stephen is martyred, he's killed. And from that point on, the, south, the, the gospel goes to the Gentiles. Okay? And the, and the primary activity in the church is Gentile. The Jewish people are set aside. Now, what's set aside? God's plan. God's plan, right? And what was that plan? To send a and establish a? Okay, so what did God do? Time out. Time out. For the time of the Gentiles. They were set aside so we could get in. Y'all with me? Y'all miss a real shouting point right there. All right? So for the church age, for the church age, you say, how long is that? Don't know. Not sure. I believe we're at the end, though. But from Revelation 2 to Revelation 3 is the church age. That's the time of the Gentiles, the fullness of the Gentiles. But when the fullness of the Gentiles come, God's going to say, I'm done with y'all. Come on home. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Y'all going to mess up my time. Right? He said, y'all, come on home. How you know that? He said, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where there ye may be also. He's going to say, come home. I'm preparing you a place. Where? Home. <laughs> well, I want to preach right now, right there. Now, we leave. We leave. Now, now, God blows a whistle. Time in. He resumes, he resumes his original plan with the nation of Israel. To establish a kingdom. But before he can do that. Before Jesus can come in Revelation 19. He's got to get their attention. Because right now they don't believe in Jesus. But they're going to. Now I'm not going to jump all in, into the tribulation period. Because that is God getting their attention. There's a few things going to happen in the tribulation period. The restoration of Israel, the establishment of a kingdom, the retribution, basically the judgment of the wicked is going to take place all during that time. And we're going to have time in the weeks ahead to get into all that. But you've got to know that to understand truly why the tribulation is not for the church. The church is taken out. All right? You don't read of the church. You don't even see the church again. Some say never again in Revelation, but I believe in Revelation chapter 19 when Jesus comes back with his armies that we're a part of that. I believe that's part of the church. But let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's look at this. I want you to see. Because the tribulation period and everything to do with that is primarily Jewish in nature, okay? 
because it's primarily Jewish in nature, God is resuming His plan, His original uh, expectation for the Jewish nation and, and bringing in a kingdom. Jesus is going to come and rule for a thousand years. Say amen. All right? Because of that, you've got to look at the symbolism and the typology in the tribulation period throughout Revelation in an Old Testament lens. An Old Testament lens. In other words, where do you see trumpets and vials and, and, and tabernacles and thrones? Where do you see all that? Old Testament. What is, who is the primary people that he deals with in the Old Testament? The Jewish people. Are y'all with me? You see how this is, it just starts to clear the fog that starts to move away now. All right, now, here's what I want you to see. And we're going to get to the outline in just a minute. Here's, here's the deal. The church disappears. The church disappears from view with the close of the third chapter and is not heard again until the 19th chapter. Where we have her marriage to the Lamb is announced in Revelation 19, 7 and 9. Now the removal of the church at the end of the third chapter opens the way for God to renew his dealings with Israel and take up the broken thread of Jewish history that the portion of the book from chapter 3 to the end of chapter 19 is largely made up of symbols taken from the Old Testament, like this, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the altar, the censers, the elders, cherubim, seals, trumpets, plagues. All of these are Old Testament words, Old Testament pictures, all right? Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, it's, it's conclusive evidence that we are back on Jewish ground. And that the time of the church is complete. It is clear, therefore, that we must look for the explanation of these symbols out of the Old Testament. All right, if that makes sense, say amen. All right, now turn back over. Turn back over to Revelation chapter number. Actually, don't do that. Turn over to Matthew. Turn over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. In verse number 13, Matthew 16, 13. <clears throat> when you get there, say, hey. hey. All right. Verse 13. All right. This is toward, this is toward the end of Jesus' ministry, Right? This is toward the end of his ministry, and he's having a sit-down, sure enough, serious conversation with his disciples. And this is that, that million-dollar question, whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I am? Uh, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah the, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them... <clears throat> But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is a confession of salvation. Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, what's the rock? It's his confession of faith. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, from that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be, and be raised again the third day. At that point, Jesus knows they're going to deny me. They're going to reject me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to die. All right? The disciples don't get it, and they don't understand it, but Jesus knows they're going to reject me as king. All right? Then Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and what? For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come... Now, 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 now here's where we're, we're getting, Okay. He's fixing to tell them about the end. He's fixing to tell them about his return. Okay, are y'all with me? His return, Revelation 19, when he comes and literally steps on this planet and he has a bodily return of himself to rule and reign. Are y'all with me? That's what he's fixing, to, he's fixing to tell them this. All right, now watch. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his what? Kingdom. There's that word. There's that word. Now, now they don't know about the time out. They don't know about the timeout. Jesus is in reference here to after it resumes at the end of the tribulation period. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now watch this. This is the cool part. You remember? Chapters and verses are put there for your learning and your memorization, so we just keep reading. Okay? There's no separation here. We just keep reading. He said, now let me read that verse again. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his what? kingdom now watch what happens now watch what happens and after six days jesus taketh peter james and john his brother and bringing them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as light and behold there appeared unto them moses and elias talking with him now what does that mean uh transfigured is this what was on the inside started showing on the outside. Now, now what does that mean? You got to understand, Jesus was deity wrapped in humanity. And on that mountain, the deity, the humanity got a little thin and the deity started showing out. And he began to glow. And he began to radiate his glory. Say amen. His Shekinah glory. Go look up that word. His, his, yes, amen. 
he began to show the glory of God begin to radiate from his body. What, what does that mean? It means what he's going to be when he comes back. And he had some partners. Moses and who? Elijah. Now you got to understand, both of them checked out in two different ways. Are y'all with me? When he comes back, that's what he's talking about. He's going to come back to establish his kingdom. He's going to come back in his glory. Now, this in chapter 6, we are in 6, right? This in chapter 6 is what he was describing at the end of chapter 5. He said, there's going to be some among you that standing with you. That's going, in other words, he said, I'm going to give you a preview of my return to my kingdom. And then the next chapter, we find Peter, James, and John, which was who he was referring to, going up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they got to see a preview of the coming Lord into his kingdom. But he had two people with him. Who were they? Moses and Elijah. Now, who do they represent? Who is, who is coming with Jesus back to this earth to establish his kingdom. The, Moses represents the resurrected saints. Those that had, come on, you got, if you're going to be resurrected, you got to die. Come on, people. Moses died. He represents the resurrected saints. But if you know your Old Testament history, you know Elijah, he never died. He, whoop, he was taken out. God sent a chariot and carried him home. That, repre- whoo, that represents the translated saints. In other words, let's read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's Moses. And we which are alive and remain, that's Elijah shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. That's chapter 4. But in Revelation 19, the resurrected saints and the translated saints are going to be with him and come back to establish his kingdom. You don't need any other proof that there is a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. If there wasn't, Elijah wouldn't have been with him. Anyway. Now let me just give you a thought. Now this is, that, that, that's, this is that's, that's ironclad what I just gave you. But this is just a thought. It's not ironclad. Might be copper, but it ain't iron. Amen. But there, how many of y'all know God uses stuff in the Old Testament to show you stuff in the New Testament? He used Old Testament things. He'll, he'll, the life of Joseph. Joseph is the greatest type of Christ in, in all the Bible. And he uses the life of Joseph to draw you a picture of his son. In other words, he uses Old Testament characters to show you New Testament truths. You know, when, I, when, when, when Isaac was carrying the wood up the mountain to the very place that Calvary would be, you see, he was drawing a picture of his son. 
And then when, when Abraham was going to kill him, there was a ram with his horns caught in a thicket, and that was that substitutionary sacrifice. These are Old Testament pictures showing you New Testament truth. How many of y'all, y'all have ever heard of a man named Noah? How many of y'all remember a man named Enoch? What did Noah do? Come on, guys. Y'all will never make it in Bibleopoly. What did Noah do? Build an ark. What did he need an ark for? Was he going fishing? To escape what? The flood. Guess what? Enoch and Noah were before the flood. Before the flood, Steve, Enoch checked out. It said Enoch walked with God and was not. For God took him. One day Enoch was walking along, and God said, Son, it's closer to my house than it is yours. Come on up in. And then right after that, Noah had to build an ark to escape, watch this, watch this, judgment. Now, this is what I think that's a picture of. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't go out here and say, preaching. I'm telling you, this is what I think. I think Enoch, Enoch, going up, is a picture of the church before the judgment. I believe the flood represents the judgment of the tribulation. And Enoch represents the church being translated, taken out before that judgment arrives. And I believe Noah's family is a picture of the Jews being preserved and taken care of because God's going to preserve them through that awful time and bring them on the other side of judgment, tribulation, safely. Just an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth. And all God's people say it. All right, let's go back to Revelation chapter 1. We need some more time, guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. <clears throat> now, let's look at what he sees. Remember, remember what I said. Remember what I said. Revelation 4 and 5. I, I put on the top of your or type of your note, the top of your notes. Excuse me. It is a prelude to tribulation. Okay? A prelude to tribulation. I, I believe this. I believe this. I know the tribulation officially does not begin till Revelation 6. But I believe Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 is happening simultaneously to Revelation 6. All right? In other words, it's, it, Revelation 4 and 5 is the scene in heaven. And Revelation 6 begins the scene on earth. What happens in Revelation 5 begins, begins the process of what's taking place here on this earth in chapter number 6. It is the beginning of the tribulation period. Now, the Bible says that he said, I, I heard a voice behind me as it were a trumpet talking to me saying, Come up hither and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. 
here after the church age is over. Now, what does he see? He sees a throne. All right, so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Number one, I want you to write the person on the throne. God allowed the, 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 the doors of heaven to swing open. And here we have John in the throne room. We see the person on the throne. First, A, write this down, the appearance. The appearance. It says, and he that sat, verse 3, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. All right? Jasper, we know the walls of heaven are jasper. It represents something crystal clear. In other words, like a diamond. It's described, most commentaries and, 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 and Bible scholars believe this, is, this looks like a diamond. A diamond in a ruby. You might, everybody knows what that looks like. A diamond is crystal clear. If it's, if it's a really good one, it reflects light like crazy. Say amen. And, and, and then you have a ruby. Ruby is blood red. Blood red. And there's two things I believe this represents. Glory and sacrifice. Glory and sacrifice. God is light. Say that with me. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. The Bible says in, in, when, in the city of heaven there will be no need of the sun in that day because his glory will radiate the whole place. Crystal clear. Transparent. The gold is so pure it's transparent. Why does it need to be transparent? So the light can get through. Anyway, we see the appearance. We see the appearance. It, re it reveals his glory. It reveals his majesty. It reveals his deity. Then B, I want you to see the activity, what is taking place. <clears throat> it says a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Now that was set if you study that the phrase out, it means it means it is being put in place. It means it's being put in place. In other words, this is not a permanent throne. This is a throne that at this time, as John is seeing, John sees it being, say it with me, being. In other words, this is a special throne. This throne has a specific purpose. And, and, and we know it's judgment, and, and we'll get to all that here in a minute, but, but it is being put in place. It is being set up. Why? Because things are fixing to take place. John is seeing things fixing to take Man, I want so bad to get into chapter 5 tonight, and I know we ain't even going to finish this one, but it is fixing to happen. In other words, it's almost like, it's almost like how many of y'all have, have ever been to a wedding? How many of y'all have ever been in a wedding? Ain't that terrible? <laughs> How many of y'all been, been part of putting the wedding together? I'm going to just tell you, that's the tribulation period. <laughs> I've only done one for my own. I've been through a bunch of them, but one for my own. I don't want no more. I'm praying even come quickly, Lord Jesus, before any of this happens again. Amen. But how many of y'all know during that time you see people scurrying around, putting flowers here, doing this, doing that, and everybody's, that's what I imagine in my head this is looking like. 
All of the ministers in heaven and the angels of heaven are scurrying about putting things into place and into order because it's all coming to a head. Because revelation is the finishing of it all. Are y'all with me? So there's a throne set in heaven. Now, number two, I want you to see the pledge around the throne. The pledge around the throne. It says in verse 3, there was a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. In other words, an emerald's green, primarily a green color. But around this throne, around this throne was a rainbow. Now, a pledge is a promise, correct? All right, write these two things down, and I'll talk about it in just a second. All right? I, I missed something. <clears throat> Write these three things down underneath B of one. What is the activity that's fixing to take place? Three things. Restoration. Restoration. He's going to restore Israel and the kingdom. Retribution. He's going to, he's going to punish and judge the wicked. Restoration, retribution, and then redemption. He's going to redeem the earth. And there's three things that can be redeemed. I'm going to just throw this out. You don't have to write this down. But there's three things that can be redeemed. Land. That's the earth. A bride. That's the church. And a servant. That's the nation of Israel. And God's fixing to redeem them all. Are y'all with me? And redeem means buy back. And we'll, we'll, man, I'm, I'm getting into five, ain't I? Help me. All right, here's two things I want you to put. The pledge around the throne. The pledge around the throne. The reminder of promise. Where do we get that? Somebody tell me. Where do we get that? Where did, where did, where'd the rainbow come from? The flood. The flood. God sent a rainbow, and he made a promise I will not destroy the earth by water again. Right? So that's this promise. And by the way, he will have kept his promise. I know they tell you global warming is going to melt all the Arctic caps and we're going to all flood again. Not so. Not so. But anyway, but here's the deal. How much of a rainbow do you get to see? Half of it, right? Guess what? When it comes to God, it's complete. It's, and there's a lot of preach there that I don't have time for. But God always completes his promise. Amen? It's a reminder of promise. And I love this. It's a representation of peace. What do you mean? What do you mean, preacher? For the Christian, the storm of life is finally over. And the sorrow will be no more. Now, the rainbow is after the storm. <clears throat> and the only, now we know the storm, the storm is fixing to take place. You with me? We're fixing to see some thunders and lightnings come out this storm. That, that's judgment coming from God to this planet. 
But if we're in the rainbow, we're not in the storm. <laughs> That's just another little nugget. <clears throat> anyway, well, is that how you know you're in the rainbow? Number three. It says, verse 3, and there was a, come on everybody, verse 3, I'm like running out of time like crazy. And there was a rainbow, where is it at? Round about the throne. Say it with me. There was a, come on people, there was a rainbow round about the throne. One more time. And, verse 4, read it. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon these seats I saw four and twenty elders. So, in the rainbow were four and twenty elders. Now, let's look at this. Who were these elders? Who were these elders? The Bible says... Look in, 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 in first, look in your notes. Look in your notes real quick. And by, by the way, the word seats there translates thrones. So in other words, there is the throne. And around the throne, there are 24 little thrones. Y'all with me? All right, now. In 1 Chronicles 24, <clears throat> we read of something very similar. 24 elders were appointed by King David to represent the entire Levitical priesthood. And by the way, by the way, elders always represented like the key leaders. Uh, it represented age of the, of the key figures in cities, in villages, in homes, the elders in the homes. Are y'all with me? In the church, uh, in, a, in, in, in wherever the place is, okay? The leaders, the key. Now... These elders, these elders, 24 elders would be appointed by King David to represent the entire Levitical priesthood. He divided the priest into 24 courses, each course to serve for two weeks at a time in the temple which Solomon was to build. The same arrangement was in force when our Lord's forerunner was announced. Zechariah was of the course of Abiah, the eighth in order, eighth out of the 24. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The priests were many thousands in number, right? There were thousands of priests. They could not all come together at one time. But when the 24 elders in the temple precincts in Jerusalem, the whole priestly house was represented. And this is the explanation I submit of the symbol here. The elders in heaven represent the whole heavenly priesthood that is, all the redeemed who have died in the past or who shall be living at the Lord's return. The church of the present age and the Old Testament saints are alike included. All are priests, all worship. They were 12 patriarchs in Israel and 12 apostles introduced in the new dispensation. The two together would give the complete four and 20. In other words, and here's the thing, some people say these are angels. No, they're not. Angels have no age. Angels have no age. They have no representation. Angels have no crowns. Angels have no crowns. 
They're, they're in white robes. That represents the holiness and the righteousness that we receive from Jesus. Are y'all with me? Who are these people? They are redeemed people. That's A. They are reigning people. That's B. Now here's the thing. I submit to you, I submit to you, these are Old Testament saints and the New Testament church. The Old Testament saints are represented by the 12 patriarchs and the New Testament saints are represented by the, the, the 12 apostles. And you see this again with the city of God. There's 12 gates to the city, the 12 names of the patriarch, then 12 foundations, the 12 apostles. Are y'all with me? Who are these people? These are the redeemed. So how do you know that? Let's skip on. Let's skip on. The verse they say, and, and I've heard people try to say that this is Israel. It's not Israel. Israel's still on earth. Israel's going through the tribulation period. Now here, here, and this also proves this is not Israel. Look in chapter number 5. <clears throat> chapter number 5, verse 8. Quickly, quickly, quickly. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. This is talking about Jesus. And hast what? Redeemed. Say it again. And hast. So we know these are redeemed people. Angels, listen, angels were never redeemed. The ones that sinned, he cast out. The angels have no idea what redemption is. These are people. Are y'all with me? Thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood. Where'd they come from? Out of every kindred and tongue and people and, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. This, I believe this is Old Testament saints and the New Testament church. And, and, and we will have a time where we share and are able to sit around the throne. We will have a course, if you will. Are y'all with me? We, this is the church. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, they're in heaven. They're in heaven. The tribulation period hadn't started yet. It doesn't begin till chapter 6. And they see it begin. They see the seals open. Are y'all with me? This is even more proof. The church is in heaven. Listen. Listen. Number four. We're going to make it. No, we're not. There's more on the back than I thought. Amen. Yes, we can. We can do it. Say it. We can do it. All right. We see the proceedings out of the throne. The proceedings out of the throne. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Lightnings, thunderings, and voices. If you want to go to uh, Exodus 19, you'll see a picture of this. This is a storm of sentencing. And a storm of suffering. Where do you see the church? In the rainbow. In other words, the rainbow is after the storm. So when, the, when does the rainbow show? When the storm is over. The 24 elders 
around about the throne in the rainbow. But guess what? For the earth, we're fixing to see thunderings and lightnings. For all that are on the earth, the unbelievers and the Jewish people are fixing to go through judgment. This is a throne of judgment. Now watch. We live today. The Bible says we as the church, we as the church can go before the throne of grace. But at the end of the church age, it becomes a throne of judgment. Matter of fact, judgment that we've been delivered from. Are y'all with me? It's a storm of sentencing. It's a storm of suffering. Intense suffering. Then number five, I want you to see the portrayal before the throne. The portrayal before the throne. Look in verse number five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now that is not seven different spirits. Seven represents what? Perfection. This is the perfect Holy Spirit. There are different attributes, seven different attributes given to us of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And this represents the Holy Spirit of God. Now, uh, one Bible scholar I read today uh, said this is not the little flickering light. This is not the little flickering light that you would see in, as in the Holy of Holies, the lamp in the Holy of Holies. These are torches. These are literal seven torches that are... In other words, it represented the tortures that the torches that would be carried into battle. Because God is going to war with this earth. And that's what it represented. All right, let's keep reading. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. These are cherubims. The first beast are basically guardians, guardians of God's holiness. The first beast was like a lion. The second beast like a calf. The third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I'm out of time. We'll, we'll, I tell you what, we'll jump right, right into this. You remember, remember what I said? Oh, I want to say this. Let me give you just a little tidbit. Just to be thinking about till next time. The four living creatures are cherubim, an exalted order of angels frequently associated in Scripture with God's holy power. 1 Samuel 4, 4, 2 Samuel 6, 2, 22, 11, Psalms 80, verse 1, Isaiah 37, 16. After Adam and Eve sinned, God drove them out of the garden and stationed cherubim at the entrance to keep them from returning. You remember? It was to say, no. Barred. Don't come any closer. There were cherubims that were put over the mercy seat. 
in the Holy of Holies and on the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where the glory of God rested. What were those cherubims? Guardians of God's holiness. They were there to tell you, stop. Don't come any closer. And by the way, people paid the price for doing that too. And these are God's guardians of holiness. And we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come, I don't want to just rush through that because this is really cool stuff. Here's the thing. Remember what I said. Everything's resuming with the Jews. It's Jewish in character, Jewish in nature, Old Testament, right? So when you look at it, look at the Old Testament. We have the place where God resides. That's the Holy of Holies, right? The, I, I can't, I can't. The Sea of Glass is, the, I'm going to tell you just this part. The Sea of Glass is the laver. Do you remember the priests would come in and wash their feet, the brazen laver? So what are we seeing? We're seeing the heavenly tabernacle. If you'll remember, what they had here on earth was just a pattern. See, that's why I can't rush this. So, it's all good. Y'all got enough for tonight. Now, let me say something. I've seen some faces. And the faces are saying... I can't get all this, it's just too fast, too much, too soon. That's okay. That's okay. We've got something that's called the internet. Listen, don't wig out because I've figured this thing out. You can go on the internet and you can, you can rewind, you can pause. You can fast forward. You can go in slow motion. (laughs) Right? So if you didn't get something, if you didn't get something, go back and listen to it again. And let me tell you what, you'll get five more things that you didn't get tonight. Isn't technology great? So, hey, this is all good. This is all good. No matter how fast I go, you can slow me down with a remote control. (laughs) Amen? My wife's back there saying, wish I had a mute button for him. (laughs) Yeah, y'all are spiritual laughing at that. All right, everybody's staying. Everybody's staying. We got to go home. Yeah, I'm, we're like we're five minutes over, and they're going to be crying in the children's department. So if you've got children, you can run now. Okay, you can't trample the children, but you can run. Look at, look everybody. Look everybody. Look all the way across. This is just look great. On a Wednesday night, man. This is awesome. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Let's pray. Lord, thank